At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VCNV Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 15 minutes uh, or so from now, we're going to be joined by uh, former big leaguer Josh Towers, uh, who uh, is our very own VCN contributor. Uh, we'll talk a little Major League Baseball, and uh, we had a good day in baseball. A very good day. Day three and one with the picks available on vcin.com. Uh, and we did hit our play of the day. Um, play of the day was the uh, Blue Jays in the first five innings. Alec Manoa, after a shaky first inning where, you know, they loaded the bases, the, the White Sox did, but he got out of it with no, no runs. Manoa then retires the next 12 straight. <laughs> and so we get through the fifth inning with a one nothing lead, and the Blue Jays go on to win eight to three over the White Sox. The day started, though, with Nestor Cortez and the Yankees absolutely just dominating Shohei Otani and the Yankee and the Angels. Nestor Cortez has been such a revelation this season. He he goes through this game, seven shutout innings. He strikes out seven, lowers his ERA to 1.5. He is just on a whole nother level right now. And Joe Madden, after the game, um, I was thinking maybe Shohei Otani's tipping his pitches. The Yanks hit two home runs off of him in the first inning. Matt Carpenter and Glaber Torres. Aaron Judge then homered off of him in the third inning. And in the fourth inning, Mormon Gonzalez with the double scoring Aaron Hicks. Uh, then... Um, so Otani goes just three innings of work and gives up four runs on eight hits. Three of them are home runs. So after the loss, Joe Madden said, quote, they're really good at reading pitchers. They're very good at it. Hmm. Interesting. They're very good at it. Like, do you think that the Yankees are cheating or did they just pick on uh, something that Otani was tipping just naturally? And Madden said, quote, we just have to be more vigilant. He did think that he said, quote, natural means. So he did think that they picked up on a tell naturally, that they didn't cheat or anything like that. He just absolutely, you know, maybe the Yankees 
in some of their video studies and just the players watching. This happens in Major League Baseball. I've thought of it a couple of times. There was there was a game earlier this year that I'd bet on. I, I forgot because, you know, I've, I've done 193 games so far this season. Uh, have won 118 of them, by the way. That's over 61%. Um, but there was a game this year that I just remember tweeting about it, and I remember watching it. I guess I could search for my uh, Twitter page to see if last time I um, tweeted about tipping, uh, tipping his pitchers. Let's see. Um, oh, maybe it was Shane McClanahan early on this season on April 24th. Yeah, that was it. That was the game. Now, Shane McClanahan has had a tremendous season for the Rays, and he's pitching on Friday, and that's probably going to be a spot that I'm going to look to back the Tampa Bay Rays um, with McClanahan on the hill. But there was a game. Let me go back to this game. April 24th against the Red Sox. And they actually won this game 5-2. to two. And McClanahan um, actually only went, uh, only gave up two runs in the first inning, and that's it, and settled down really nicely. This was a game, oh, I remember this game. I had Tampa first five, and they scored three in the bottom of the fifth for the win. But in the first inning, I was worried about McClanahan tipping pitches because the first batters of the game it went double single strikeout single single fly out fielder's choice and I remember watching it and seeing them um hit every fastball and and take the off like like it, it, it's it almost looked like the batters knew what was coming and then what usually happens is sometimes a pitching coach picks up on these things. And I don't know if that's what happened with Otani, but if it did, you would think that there would have been a, like a bounce back. Like, like the pitching coach would suggest something and then he would stop doing it. But um, that's not the case. Uh, and... Otani got lit up, and the Yankees beat the Angels 6-1. So, bad start for Otani. Another good start for Nestor Cortez. We'll take, we'll, I would keep an eye on Otani's next start. And let me look to see when that is and who it's against. Because if he is tipping his pitches and the Yankees picked up on something, people are going to talk. and. Otani will pitch next Wednesday against the Red Sox. Boston is, I'm telling you, if there's quotes about tipping pitches out in the media now, that the hitting coaches for Boston, and let me see, let me, Red Sox hitting coach, is Tim Hires. Tim Hires. I guarantee you, after reading this article, and if it's not this article, it's another article, if it's not reading it, if it's watching Joe Madden's uh, press conference, whatever. But Tim Hires is going into the film room and now watching all of Otani's starts and seeing if he can pick up on what Joe Madden thinks 
the Yankees picked up on. And I'd be very curious to see what happens in that next start. Because if he is tipping, and now if the the next team figures it out, and Otani doesn't adjust, he's going to get hit hard again. The next start is going to be very important for Shohei Otani. Moving along, uh, we the so the three two uh, the three we won three bets we lost one bet the three bets that we hit were the Blue Jays in the first five Alec Manoa dealing the under first five in the Marlins Giants game. Now this one I'm 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 like very proud of this handicap, and it's okay celebrate your wins guys, but I'm very proud of this one because this one took a little bit of uh. One took a little bit of work. Not a little bit of work, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I, this was a good angle. And I don't think it was an angle that many people had. It wasn't just about Sandy Alcantara on the Hill, who's a legit Cy Young favorite in the National League. It was about the situation. You see, the Giants were, you know, they just finished the series in Philly, uh, coming to now Miami, looking at their lineup. Tommy Lastella leading off. No Evan Longoria in the lineup. Um, Jock Peterson's kind of been up and down. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's just the lineup to me didn't look like anything that Sandy Alcantara was not going to handle because he handles everybody. So I felt that Sandy was going to have a big day against the Giants, and he did. Alcantara never disappoints. He goes seven shutout innings, strikes out eight. This dude is unreal. But why did I take the under first five instead of going the Marlins in the first five of the Marlins to win the game? And the Marlins did cover the first five. They were up one nothing. They did win the game three to nothing. They added two runs in the bottom of the sixth inning after scoring one in the bottom of the second. The reason being is because the situation dictated it. Miami came from Colorado. It was a a road trip that saw them go from Tampa, which I know it's a short travel, from Tampa to Atlanta, another short travel, then across the country to Colorado, playing a doubleheader, a doubleheader on Wednesday, then having to fly back to Miami. Get in in the wee hours of the night and get up and play another game here on Thursday. There was going to be fatigue. They were going to get off to a sluggish start, and that's exactly what they did. The bats just never got going. And this was a 3-0 game. Could have had the full game under. I went with the F5 under, and it was never a sweat. Uh, the other game that we lost, oh, the other game that we won was the Reds. Reds over the Nationals, 8-1. to one. The Nationals have scored one run in their last, it's got to be 30 innings now, 27 and then three innings to finally, yeah, so about 30 innings. They had a 27-inning scoreless drought. They finally scored a run, but it was more about fading Yoan Adon, who is 1-9 now. The Nationals have lost every 
uh, all nine stars. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. By, you know, more than two runs, it's just, it was a simple, you want to don't fade. The one that we lost really bothered me. That was the Mets plus a one and a half against the Dodgers. Dodgers who look terrible and getting swept by the Pirates. They only scored two runs, but the Mets... Let me tell you something. That cross-country flight probably took something out of the Mets because they looked uh, very, very tired and terrible. They only managed three hits. But if you told me before that game that the Dodgers only scored two runs, I probably would have bet Mets' money line instead of Mets' run line. And the run line should have won, to be honest with you, because, well, Starling Marte misplayed a ball in right field, leading to a double, which scored the second run for the Dodgers. Let's talk more Major League Baseball with Josh Towers coming up next. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. For more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting. From the local perspective, there are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VCN, the sports betting network. Coming up a little bit, we'll go through the Major League Baseball board for Friday. I've already circled three spots that I think are intriguing. There's probably more, and I'll you know narrow it down, but we also have a uh, heavy favorite on the board as well. Uh, you know, I'll just pay off that tease right now. The Yankees are minus 345 against the Detroit Tigers. Yikes! Yikes! Ugh. Let's uh, continue the Major League Baseball conversation going. Joining us now uh, is former Major Leaguer Josh Towers who you uh, hear all across the network here on VSIN does an incredible job for us here on the network. Josh played eight years in the majors for um, Baltimore, Toronto, and a uh, small stint with the Yankees as well. And uh, Josh is kind enough to give us some time here on the look ahead here on VSIN. Speaking of those Yankees, Josh, Nestor Cortez, man, what a revelation this guy has been and Looking at what he did again today here on Thursday, a dominant start. And when you consider a little bit of a journeyman in his past, like how impressed are you with just the Nestor Cortez story and how dominant he has been this season for the Yankees? 
Uh, obviously, I dig it, man. I mean, the thing about Nestor is that somebody had asked me today um, about him, and I forgot how the question was worded, but my, my answer was anybody can do anything once, right? And the, the thing that separates us as, as Major League athletes and Major League Baseball players is our ability to uh, repeat. And so, you know, there's guys in high school, college that throw as hard as guys in the big leagues or hit the ball as far or whatever the case may be. Um, Major League Baseball players, even when you separate the minor league aspect, are just way more consistent uh, at the successful stuff. And, and, and we kind of shy away from the stuff that makes us unsuccessful, right? And so with Nestor Cortez, you know, we, we've seen this kid before, and he struggled bad. If you go back and look at his first three years in the big leagues, his ERAs were like 7, 6, and 15. Um, and for him to go out there, and I've been down this path, for him to go out there and re- or continue to earn opportunities to play baseball, even in the minor league, so that he can make the adjustments necessary and then earn an opportunity back in the major leagues uh, last year, basically, and have success is, is the coolest part to me. It, it is not easy but learning from failures uh, and, and, and the willingness to make adjustments because we're so routine oriented and watching Nestor Cortez do it. And now he's backing it up. And so, you know, hopefully he continues. And I think he will, obviously, because the confidence is right high in his brain. But hopefully it continues this year. And then the coolest part is going to be next year when he backs it up. I think that's the coolest part. It, it, it shows us that it's not just a gimmick and all this other, you know, crazy stuff that he's doing on the mound that he went out there, looked at himself in the mirror, maybe changed workout places at home or whatever he needed to do and is creating success. And I love that part of it because failing is a reality. It is a major part of our game and how we rebound from failure um, and the failures that he had. It, that's the part I respect the most about this kid right now. And he's certainly in the Cy Young conversation right now, but so is, so is his teammate, though, Garrett Cole. How much does that, and I don't want to say it hurts because both of these guys are legit Cy Young contenders right now, But and I also, you can talk about the MVP race with both Trout and Otani at the top of the leaderboard, or even in the National League Cy Young race with Pablo Lopez and uh, Sandy Alcantara both in the race. How much does it hurt these players when you have a teammate that is also in consideration for one of these awards? Uh, it doesn't hurt at all. It's actually motivation. I mean, when I'm sitting behind Roy Halladay in 2003 and he beats the Yankees and Red Sox something like 19 times that year and he goes on and wins 20-plus and wins the Cy Young, like, you don't think about it during the season. It's nothing that you're thinking about. But what you are thinking about is, when you get to pitch behind these guys and you watch the success that he has and why and the intimidation factor and the location and the preparation of the work and you're watching all this stuff and it makes you want to be a better baseball player. And then, you know, you go and back it up with a short nine and one season. It doesn't intimidate. It's a, it's, it's again, it's a motivational thing that um, you want to be as good. Like you want to prove yourself. And so, you know, for the road that he's traveled, and to be out there doing his thing. And then you got the, the Severinos and the Garrett Coles and you got the Jamison Tyones that you get to watch these vets do their thing and dominate. Um, it makes me better. And in some ways you kind of go under the radar when I'm, when I'm facing the New York Yankees and I'm facing Garrett Cole.
did we lose did we lose josh we lost josh all right well uh we'll get josh back up on the line here um see if we can get him back up but uh Josh Towers, eight years in Major League Baseball, uh, pitched for uh, Toronto, pitched for the Yankees. And, yeah, he's talking about pitching behind um, uh, Roy Halladay and how that, you know, really motivated him. I think that's what you're you're getting with, a lot. you know, there's situations here. With the Yankees especially, Nestor Cortez and Garrett Cole, you're getting the best version right now. Like, this is... Nestor Cortez is such a revelation, and Garrett Cole almost, you know, kind of wants to one up him, right? And so you know, you look at the, the the stat numbers. We we did we played the video yesterday from uh, a numbers game of Gil Alexander and and Jason Weingarten and how they did the blind resume test and between Nestor Cortez and Garrett Cole, and it's it's just incredible that the numbers of of both of these guys. And yeah, there's like a little, there's like a motivation factor. So right now, Garrett Cole's at seven to one to win the Cy Young. Nestor Cortez is at eight to one. And I, I almost think that this is the version of Garrett Cole that we saw when he was in Houston with Justin Verlander, because those two guys motivated each other. And so you know, looking at. Um, what you're getting from Nestor now, and then what you're getting from Garrett Cole as well. Uh, I mean, Garrett Cole pitches here on Friday. The Yankees are a minus 345 favorite with him on the hill. But after watching what Nestor Cortez did here on Thursday, it's it's almost like I got to believe that Garrett Cole is going to go out there and, and try and duplicate that and go out there and throw seven short, uh, seven shutout innings. And I think it's the same way in the National League. You got two teammates in the National League looking for the Cy Young Award in Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez. Alcantara is at eight to one right now. Lopez is at twelve to one. And maybe Lopez is a little undervalued at twelve to one. But if you're just looking at the best pitchers right now in terms of the uh, ERA, um, you have in all of Major League Baseball. Martin Perez of Texas has a 1-4-2 ERA. He's had an incredible season. Nestor Cortez has a 1-5 ERA. Tony Gonsolin, a 1-5-9. We just saw what he did against the Mets here. And then the pair of Marlins, Sandy Alcantara at 1.81 and Pablo Lopez at 1.83. It's incredible what these guys are doing. Absolutely incredible. The rest of the top 10... Joe Musgrove from San Diego, 1.86 ERA. Corbin Burns, uh, 1.95 for Milwaukee. Alec Manoa, 1.98 for Toronto. Shane McClanahan, who also pitches here on Friday, a 2.01. And then number 10, Tariq Skubal from Detroit, a 2.15 ERA. I saw a tweet, I think, by uh, Jason Weingarten, who said he was sprinkling a little bit on Tariq Skubal. Uh, American League Cy Young Award winner. Right now, those odds, 25 to 1. Although, with the uh, field that's ahead of him, with both pair of Yankees, with Alec Manoa for Toronto, with Shane McClanahan for the Blue Jays, and Justin Verlander, who is pitching out of his mind right now, except for one performance, when I bet him, uh, against uh, Seattle last week, it's going to be hard for Scooble to climb up that list. 
I'm Scott Sandberg. We will get Josh Towers back next segment. Uh, we'll reconnect his phone and get him back. Continue the baseball conversation. You can hit. hit you can hit Josh up on Twitter at um, what is he at? No, don't Josh on Twitter. You can hit me up at Scotts on Air. S C O T T S O N A I R. So we'll continue the baseball conversation coming up next with former uh, eight-year big leaguer, major league pitcher Josh Towers will join me, Scott Seidenberg, coming up here on The Look Ahead. Right here on VSIN, it's the Sports Betting Network. Scott Sandberg back here. The look ahead on VSIN rejoined. Now we got the connection worked out by former major leaguer Josh Towers. And Josh, I was talking about the pitching uh, duels, like the teammates, like between Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez. Same thing with the Marlins with Alcantara and Lopez. And the Marlins are an interesting team because they're under 500, but their pitching is so good. Like if you're a team like the Mets, who's trying to win a, a division here, you can't be comfortable playing the Marlins. Bro, two years ago, they were in the postseason, right? So all of a sudden last year, they went back to being, you know, I don't know if they got cocky themselves, but like you have to have a veteran presence to, to kind of check everybody. And that's kind of why Derek Jeter kind of bounced. Like he just didn't think the team itself was doing enough to make sure that this team became a powerhouse and, and was in the playoff contention every year. And so, you know, once you start building success, you start spending a little bit more money. And so I think Derek kind of got upset with that, but the team was clearly there. Again, you made the postseason two years ago, and now you're back in contention. You have some of the best young pitching. Now the lefty Rogers, I think it's Rogers. I'm not sure to be wrong there, but the lefty who had a fantastic year last year, uh, this is like you basically year two, and, and you always struggle a little bit in year two, which is why what Alec Manoa in Toronto is doing is so impressive. Um, so, like, the, Alcantara is quietly probably the best pitcher in the game. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not quite on that level, but, God, if he don't have, you know, a little bit of Max Scherzer in him and some of those other dudes, and he's underrated because he's in Miami, but that dude is legit, and now he's – really starting to put it together. And then Pablo Lopez has always been good. Same thing. He's rebounding and bouncing off of and learning a lot from Sandy Alcantara. And then the rest of that staff's good. And they got, you know, young, competitive, middle-aged, competitive players out there. Line. Like, that's a good, good team. But you have to be willing to add to it, to spend some money to do things to where, as players, we see it as well. We see you willing to go out there and help us and when that happens, you start to get uh, a much more advanced, better version of us as well. So the, the, the team and what they do in the front office and what Derek Jeter stood for is very important to that success because that team all of a sudden has some of the same players when they had Yelich and John Carlos Stanton mm-hmm. um, and all of these. I mean, they had a whole bunch of beasts over there. They're quietly back to that team. So, <laughs> So do you do you feel the same way about like the New York Mets? Because when you look at um, their ownership and Steve Cohen, you know he's willing to open up the checkbook and spend whatever he has to spend, even at the deadline, to acquire any piece to help the team win. Steve Cohen is the uh, the biggest key to that puzzle um, because he's willing to do what it takes, right? And then. 
the other most important thing is they got rid of the old regime. That old regime with that GM and the person that they hired to run player development was the worst that I probably have ever seen in baseball. They weren't prepared for their jobs. The guy running the minor leagues was got to be very respectful here, but he really just had no business having mm -hmm. any part of that because he just didn't know how to do it. And it really set them back. And then the GM who I think could have been good in the future, um, he was trying to make a name for himself right away. And that, that you can't do as a GM. I mean, the closest player or people that can be in the moment are players. I mean, managers have to be a week or two ahead and GMs have to be three or four years ahead. And when you're trying to make a splash like he did, they gutted their minor league system and had no depth. And that was the biggest reason for their failures is they had no depth. So one of the things they did this offseason is they went out and purchased a lot of depth that they're now trying to recreate in the minor league system as well that they lost. And so the depth is very important to this team, and they have done a good job. Um, I, I've seen Buck. We've all seen Buck for a long time. I, I can't give Buck too much credit. The manager before, in my opinion, had the ability to be better than Buck Showalter, but he was handcuffed because he's mm -hmm. a young manager within the system. They didn't let him do his job the way he needs to do it. They didn't give him the freedom. Well, guess what? Buck Showalter has the freedom to do what he wants to do, just like the guy in San Diego right now who has the freedom to do what he wants to do because he's earned it. Well, the guys before didn't have that same freedom, but they would have done things slightly different. And so the Mets added depth. They got rid of some very important you know, people within the organization that didn't need to be there. Um, and they have a manager who's freed up to, to make decisions and put guys in and make moves that he wants to make when he wants to make. And it's a beautiful thing. The one thing we do know about Buck Showalter is that he does have success in the regular season, kind of like Craig Council. But when it comes to the postseason, he doesn't ever win. He doesn't know what to do. It's a different style of baseball. And so for right now, I think the Mets would just be happy getting back to the postseason but they still have a lot more things that they have to do in order to be successful. The start of this season is, is, is so comforting and so relaxing for them, but it still is a 162 game season and we have to play this thing out. Yeah. And they'll get reinforcements to Grom. Hopefully will yeah. be back soon. Scherzer will come back. Uh, McGill, oh, yeah. McGill as yeah. well. So uh, it's going to be a good boost to that Mets team. If really it's cool. not, the Mets or the Dodgers, who are the two top teams in the National League, and what a great series we're going to get this weekend. Who else in the National League can go to the World Series besides those two? It's mm, a good question. I mean, anybody in the uh, the East, obviously. I mean, we know what Atlanta's capable of, and Atlanta's they're on the same pace they were last year. You know, nobody ran away with the division last year, and so the second half they dominated. Now the Mets are flexing a little bit, so you know now. You know, now it's a little bit different of a situation, but the Braves have that ability. They have one of the most loaded teams. If Philadelphia can can stop putting Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins at the top of the lineup, it's killing them. And if they can seriously get somebody to do a job at the back end of the pen, <laughs> how does right? how does your arm feel? You want to you want to take it? You want to call Girardi oh, up? <laughs> he, I, I, I can go right now, bro. It's nice. Obviously, the Nationals are out in Miami. You know they. There's still a belief system in Miami. We just discussed them. Milwaukee, I told you, is the same thing. Milwaukee's a very good team. They have the right pieces. They have one of the best starting staffs in the game, one of the best bullpens in the game. They have the foundation, right? But 
Council doesn't know how to manage in the postseason. He knows how to get you there, but he can't win there because he's not willing to make the adjustments that you need to do. And they're not teaching the things at the, at the season, during the season that, that become vital for the postseason, right? So Milwaukee has the ability. I just don't know if Council has allowed himself to jump that hurdle. St. Louis has that ability. I think St. Louis is the one team that we can see um, actually make a charge. They brought back a lot of veteran presence that some of the hurdles that they, they lack, those guys can overcome and teach, right? So I think St. Louis becomes arguably the most dangerous team probably in the National League when it comes to that. Um, and then again, I talked about it, San Diego, bro, they went out and got a manager who we love as a player, who's decorated, who has the freedom to do his job. And look what this team did. There's no Tatis over there. There's no, they're missing a, a, a few guys. And yet this team's 10 games over 500 there mm -hmm. they, they, and they lost three in a row. Like this San Diego team without some of their best stars have already proved how much better they are this year than last year because of the freedom to go out and do a job with a manager who people love. Like that team is also very dangerous. Yeah, tremendous point. Uh, in the American League, can the twins keep up the pace they are playing at right now and win this AL Central? No. Um, I think the Twins will need some help. I think they're going to need some – they're, they're going to have to make some moves, right? Sonny Gray is not going to lead you to the promised land. We've seen Sonny Gray in the past when he faces really good teams. It doesn't seem to go his way, right? So um, they learned a lot from losing last year, and, and I think that helped. They won the year before, so they linked the two together. It's really helping them that the White Sox are underachieving like nobody's business. The Cleveland is always what we know. They're always going to be in the thick of it because they're so well coached. Um, but, no, I, I think Minnesota has to make a couple, you know, decent moves in order to maintain this. And are they willing to or do they have enough depth to do that? Like, they got some good kids in the minor leagues, you know, the Simeon Woods Richardsons of the world that are going to come up at some point and be a presence in the major league level. But I don't know if they're – counting on their minor league kids to help them win a world series at the major league level this year. Right. So I think that they're going to have to do something and, um, and, and probably sooner than later, but they're going to, they're going to wait it out and see how long they can hold off this and, and be comfortable with what they got going. And then that'll decide their move. So I, I, I think they have to do something. Houston's obviously crazy dangerous because their pitching staff is, is so good, man. It is so good. Verland, there's a man on a mission this year, dude. And and then there's JB, who is arguably the best in the game, and he's been that guy for 15 years, man. And and I'm not worried about the rest of the division, right? Like I'm not worried about Seattle, even though they've been good the last two years. Like they have to learn to play together again because they went and got a bunch of whole bunch of pieces. Um, Texas is doing way better than anticipated. The Angels will start to fade like they are now because the pitching is just. It's just never enough. Like they, they, you can't win on offense, right? So the Angels have some more work they got to do, and and you know, Oakland checked out. We knew that. Like Houston, by default, is in a great position with their conference, but they are such a good team, and their pitching staff is so legit, and they're just getting better and better. Josh, I appreciate the conversation, man. Love talking baseball with you, and hope Absolutely. to do it again soon. Let me know, buddy. Appreciate it. There he is, former big leaguer Josh Towers. Great conversation. We'll take a look at the Major League Baseball board for Friday. Coming up next, I'm Scott Sadenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN.
all of our podcast offers. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Raise your tequila and your game. Join the Taste of Victory Challenge presented by Sincoro Tequila and compete free for your share of $15,000 in total prizes. Enter this three-part prediction pool series and make your hoops predictions to shoot for a share of the cash. Head to DraftKings.com slash now to get in on the action. Sincoro Tequila, life well played. 21 and over only, terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's take a look at the board here. For- at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Major League Baseball slate on Friday, June the 3rd. Uh, The Cardinals take on the Cubs. That's the only day game. It is uh, a 11-20 Pacific time start, so... Uh, 11-12, 1-220 Eastern time start from uh, Chicago. Miles Michaelis against Marcus Stroman, and the spread is pretty even because it is even. Total is eight. Uh, Marcus Stroman, the last couple of times out, you know, he had a good, actually a real, real good start against the White Sox, seven shutout innings, so coming off of a really good start. Before that was when he allowed two runs uh, to Cincinnati in five innings and two runs to Arizona. Uh, three runs to Arizona in five innings. So five runs allowed in the 10 innings prior to the seven shutout against the White Sox. So uh, Strowman comes in off of a uh, solid start, and Miles Michaelis has put together a very nice season to date. This one could be an interesting matchup, but Michaelis did get rocked in his last start. So no real feel on this game. Um, probably not going to have a play on it, but... You know, let's check the weather. That's always important. So the weather at Wrigley for this game totals at eight, which I got to assume that means that the weather's mild, but it's always worth checking here. Uh, Let's see. Yep, exactly my thoughts. Six mile per hour winds. That's not going to affect anything. It's not like that game. What was it against the Diamondbacks where it was 26, 29 mile per hour winds and there was like 10 combined home runs between those two teams. So that's not the case here. For this game. Uh, then we go to the night slate. You got the Giants and the Marlins. Elysia Hernandez against Alex Cobb. San Francisco minus 150 with a total of eight here. The Nationals take on the Reds. It's going to be uh, Josiah Gray against Mike Miner. Mike Miner um, for the Cincinnati Reds uh, is having, let's see, this is se- making his season debut for the Reds this year. Um, 
He's a guy who's been long-time pitcher in this league, most recently last season for Kansas City when he made uh, 28 starts, went 8 and 12 with a 5.05 ERA, uh, pitched in Oakland um, sparingly the year before that in Texas as well. Injuries, of course, add up. And uh, a couple years in Texas, obviously started his career in Atlanta for several seasons. So Mike Miner making his uh, season debut here for the Cincinnati Reds going up against Josiah Gray. Uh, the line for that game is Reds minus 130, total of nine and a half. Angels take on the Phillies. It's going to be um, Zach Eflin going for Philadelphia. Chase Silseth going for the Angels. No line on this game just yet. Diamondbacks take on the Pirates in Pittsburgh. Merrill Kelly against JT Brubaker. Pittsburgh is minus 115 uh, at home, and uh, the total is 7.5. Guardians take on the Orioles. Uh, It's going to be Bruce Zimmerman against Shane Bieber. Uh, Cleveland minus 135, the um, first game of this series between these two teams. And the Tigers-Yankees, one that we kind of briefly mentioned before, but Garrett Cole on the hill for the Yankees, uh, looking to one-up his teammate in Nestor Cortez. Garrett Cole against Elvin Rodriguez for the Tigers. Elvin Rodriguez, last time out, just four innings, shutout innings against Cleveland. Before that, gave up four runs in five innings against Minnesota. And his first uh, outing was four runs allowed in two and two-thirds innings to the White Sox. So clearly the pitching edge goes to the Yankees and Garrett Cole. This feels like a Yankees first five spot. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the first five innings is minus one on the run line. Because the minus a half is going to be, ju- like, it's it's got to be at least minus 160. That would be my guess. Anything less than minus 160 is probably like an auto fire on Yankees' first five run line back in Garrett Cole. But it's probably going to be like 160, 165. Maybe even we see a one. And if it's a one, then you're talking about, you know, you'll get less juice, obviously. But... They have to have a two-run lead after five innings in order for you to win this bet. Very, very sketchy. Uh, Blue Jays take on the Twins. It is going to be Yusei Kikuchi for the Blue Jays against Chichi Gonzalez for the um, Minnesota Twins. He is also making his 2022 season debut. Chichi pitched for the past uh, couple of years in Colorado uh, and for Colorado last season, made 18 starts, was 3-7 and seven with a 6.46 ERA for the Rockies. Chichi Gonzalez, welcome back. So hey, you got Mike Miner and Chichi Gonzalez making their season debuts. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Rays take on the White Sox. Tampa Bay minus 200. Oh, Toronto, by the way, is minus 215 in that start. Tampa Bay minus 200 against the White Sox. Shane McClanahan against Vince Velasquez. This is probably going to be a first five for me. Fading Vinny Gass in Velasquez and just backing Shane McClanahan, who's just been an absolute stud. I believe the last time that I I definitely did tweet this out about McClanahan. So I got to find this tweet. 
Um, because, all right, so on May, nope, what was the latest one? All right, May 11th, was that the last time I bet on McClanahan? Or at least it's the last time that I uh, tweeted about it? Nah, had to has has to be some has to be uh, after that anyway. Uh, Shane McClanahan on the hill, and this dude just does not give up first five runs. Uh, last time out against the Yankees, he went um, seven innings, gave up one run in the first five innings. Uh, the time before that, zero runs in the first five innings against the tr- zero runs, zero runs. So he's really only given up like two, three runs in his last. Five, six starts in the first five innings. Yeah, that's probably going to be a play. Might be the play of the day. I'm going to have to dive a little deeper into that and see what Velasquez looks like and with the lineups as well. Rays against the White Sox. Mariners take on the Rangers. Seattle minus 125 with Logan Gilbert on the hill, who's been great for them, against Dane Dunning for Texas. Uh, Jose Urquidy gets the start for Houston. The Astros take on the Royals in KC. Uh... Kansas City will send Brady uh, Singer to the hill, and Houston is minus 135 in that start. Padres against the Brewers, and the Padres have lost now four straight games, but what is the recipe to snap a losing streak? And we saw the Dodgers get the recipe here on uh, Thursdays. They snapped their losing streak. The recipe is have the right starting pitcher, and boy, do they have the right starting pitcher Joe Musgrove on the hill against Corbin Burns. Total in this one is six and a half. And it's got to be, I mean, first five under probably, right? This is going to be some start between two guys who are at the top, uh, along with the two Marlins pitchers, at the top of the National League Cy Young race, Corbin Burns and Joe Musgrove. The the combined ERA for these guys is under four. That's just insane. Uh, the Braves take on the Rockies in Colorado. Atlanta is minus 180 with Max Fried on the hill against Chad Cool. Red Sox are in Oakland against the A's. Boston minus 160. Nathan Yavaldi pitches for Boston. James Caprillion for Oakland. And the Mets and Dodgers will play game two of their series. Chris Bassett on the hill for the Mets. Uh, and it's going to be Tyler Anderson, who is 6-0 to start the year for the L.A. Dodgers. Dodgers minus 160. And hopefully the Mets get more of an offense than they did when they got shut out 2 nothing here on Thursday night, snapping their winning streak. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, the host of Hardwood Handicappers and The Edge, will join the program at 8 a.m. Eastern time. At 9 a.m., Shane Knighty from NHL on TNT will join the program. And Adam Chernoff from Covers will join the program at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. That's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I will tweet out when the Major League Baseball card is up on the vcin.com daily best bets page, and I will be on the New York Rangers to take a 2-0 series lead against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.